Focus Radio. This is Alyssa Granlund, and I'm joined by my co-host, Liz Urim, and we are so excited that you're joining us today. Um, today, we are going to be talking about communication styles and how important they are and to attract your customers, but also how they can actually drive your customers away. So, we are um, we're both kind of into this personality test called the DISC profile, and um, Liz is really an expert on it, and I've been playing around with it for about 20 years, so we are opinionated about it. And what we're going to do today is we're going to share with you kind of how to spot what someone's personality type is in the first couple minutes that you're with them, and then how you might want to shape your presentation or your, your sales pitch or just your communications with your prospect or with your customer so that you don't scare them off. <laughs> because uh, mm-hmm. what, we, what we've found is that all of us have kind of a dominant personality type, and when we're under pressure, Pressure, or when we are um, uh, not, but uh, we will slip when we're communicating with other people. Got that right, Liz? Yep, you got it. Yeah, you got anything to add to the intro of how it goes? No, I mean really, I mean what you said is spot on, and what we're going to dive into today and help people kind of figure out is how do you adapt your style to your customer style because it's really all about them, as we all know. It's never about us. It's all about them. And this isn't about being manipulative, and I want to always like to be really clear about that. When it's not about manipulating people, but it is about adapting to people in their preferred communication style because we all have actually – so when we're talking about this, there's the four quadrants. This is a four-quadrant model that was developed like back like 100 years ago, and it's been adapted in multiple ways by multiple publishers and multiple producers of this assessment. But the basic four quadrants are driver, which is dominance in the DISC uh, profile that I use, influence, which is really relational, kind of a cheerleader type, and we'll get more, we'll get into this deeper. Uh, the S is for steadiness, which is kind of about harmony, keeping the peace, and then C is for conscientious. That's very task, very logical, kind of skeptical. And it's really important to know and identify the style of your buyers just so that you can communicate with them the way they want to be because they'll be happier that way. And they will be able to understand what you're trying to give them a lot easier as well. Now, I want to ask you about this, Alyssa, because oftentimes when we're reading sales books, if we've done anyone's ever done any sales training or sales books, what are some of the kind of basic uh, go-to methods that um, are usually brought up in sales training about, talk about, you know, building rapport, some of the methods and tips and tricks that are usually taught on ways to build rapport with a, a prospect? Anything come to mind right. for you? Well, sure. I mean, when you when you look at the sales books, they talk about mirroring people. Um, they talk about matching their pace of conversation or their style. They talk about creating kind of small talk or um, noticing, say, you go into someone's office or whatever, noticing something about their office and asking them about it. You know, things like that. Just kind of, kind of uh, rapport building, I suppose, and. Um, ways to make your client feel more comfortable and at ease with you. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. 
Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. And it's usually kind of like there's sort of, I think, and I've read a lot of sales books, there's usually kind of some standard one-size-fits-all approaches that are taught. And I'm not sure, and it is, it, it, the, what, the one I was thinking about is exactly what you touched on, was going to their office and notice something about them personally that, you know, you can point out and, and build rapport about. Well, that's fine if they have that sort of stuff in their office. Now, not everybody has a lot of personal items in their office. I have a friend who I we worked together for, I don't know, like 10 years or something like that, and I'd always tease her because she didn't have one stitch of anything personal in her office ever. She still doesn't. <laughs> not one thing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> not a picture. Not a huh. and she had <laughs> and she had a family and she had kids and stuff like that. Uh but she just she just didn't. And so and that's so that's one way to identify a buyer's style or somebody's style is to notice their surroundings. Do they have any personal items or not. If they don't have any personal items, chances are they're going to be more over on the task side of the equation. Mm-hmm. And not everybody wants to have the chit-chat either. In fact, I had a, I was the recipient of a sales call this morning. Somebody called me and they were uh, wanting to sell me something, a, a service. Anyway, so we're on the phone. I was listening. I was somewhat interested in what they were talking about. But it's like, oh, oh yeah, where do you live? And I said, oh, in Minneapolis, and then they started telling me about their sister who lives in Rochester, and, you know, mm-hmm. and I, for me, I just don't want to get into all the chit-chat. I'd like to, I'm more right. of a bottom line type of a person. Exactly. Just tell me, let me. Classic D, you know. D, yep, a D. Mm-hmm. And just tell me the information I want to know so I can make a decision about it. So, right. um, yeah. So what are some of the things that you look for when you're talking to prospects? Or do you even do you pay attention to this stuff when you're talking to potential clients? Well, you know, I am a high I and then uh a also a high D and then I'm kind of like a medium S. And so what happens is this is a little bit natural for me to kind of adapt and kind of see what people's styles are. But when it comes, so I don't have to necessarily think about it that much, but it is fun to think about it. I do like to think about it because um, you really notice, you just notice things and it, it is, to me, it's just kind of a fun study of human nature a little bit, you know? So I yeah. enjoy that part. But um, But where I find myself, really needing to pay attention is when I come across a C because that is so not in my in my area. I don't have I have zero C like very little. And so it's not a natural fit for me. So I know that my kind of enthusiasm and kind of over the top, woohoo, this is gonna be awesome and it's so exciting and blah 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 that they don't buy it. They don't like it. You know, so it's kind right. of like prove it to me and so I have to really kind of take a step back when I am with people like that it's not that I'm being manipulative it's just that I need to talk to them in their language and so if I want to explain if I want to you know get my point across to a C I have to back it up you know with uh, proof because that's important to them they're a little bit more cautious and um, well, or a lot more cautious, depending, and they want to know all of the details, and you really can't give them too much information. So, um, so that's when I do find myself needing to, to kind of concentrate on that. But 
Yeah, you know, but one thing I think that that I do want to mention before we kind of dive into the different styles is that there's a couple caveats with with the styles. Number one is that two of the styles are extroverted for the most part, and two of them are introverted. Yeah. And then yep. two of them are people-oriented and two of them are task-oriented. So I think those are kind of interesting um, interesting things to keep in mind when you're looking at a style because that makes it a lot easier to figure out where people kind of fit in. What do you think about that? Yep, exactly. Yep, and that's, I was just going to start to talk about that a little bit to help people kind of understand Just So first they can place themselves, although they can also take the assessment that we'll let people know about. But if you want to just do a very quick dirty dive into what your style might be and to help lay this out a little bit, why don't we explain kind of what that looks like then. So if you imagine a circle, and the disk model is a circle, There's imagine a circle and then have uh, four quadrants. So you have a vertical line up and down, and then you have your horizontal line that goes across. So as Alyssa said, on the top is going to be uh, fast-paced, action-oriented results. And on the bottom half of the circle is going to be things like, you know, thoughtful, kind of calm, process-oriented. And then on the left is task, logic, facts. And then on the right hand are relationships, warmth, acceptance, really people, if you think about people, people. So the first thing you can do, so this is for yourself and if you want to identify others, is first do top to bottom. Is this person more fast-paced or more thoughtful so if they're more fast-paced then just keep that up in in mind and then you ask yourself are they more task-oriented or more people-oriented and then the way it matches up is they're fast-paced and task-oriented that's the d that we're talking about d is very direct the d's are very results very much action bottom line driven if the person ended up action and people-oriented, then you're talking about the I, which is influence. They are enthusiastic, like Alyssa mentioned. They are also fast-paced, but much more, uh, again, wanting to be with people, that relationship, much more let's do this together. So an I is going to be much much more talk about let's do it together, we, and a D is going to be much more independent. I'll go do this. I'll take care of this. <laughs> Rather than we'll take care of this, I'll go do this. Something has to get done, I'll do it. And then on the bottom half of the equation with that more moderate or thoughtful calm, if you decided that's the type of person you're dealing with and they are task-focused, then you're looking at that C or that conscientious. And what that is also is analytical, it's logical, it's just very much kind of black and white. Think um, accountants. Think people who have to be really good at data and details. That's what that style is, the C. And then the S is that steadiness. And again, that's the thoughtful and people-oriented. So what you'll find with them is they like to be with other people. They like to keep the harmony. They like to keep the peace. And they like everyone to kind of just get along if you will. So that's kind of that breakdown of the four styles. How did I do? You did awesome. I thought that was really oh, good. Good. Mm-hmm. good. <laughs> so you can figure out where you're at, and then you can use that same exercise to figure out where other people are at. And Alyssa, you alluded to it. One of the classic combos or the 
where a classic clash can come in is with the I, which is that influence, and then the C, the conscientious. And the reason why, it's you're almost like polar opposites. The C is very much, again, detail-oriented, process, wants to know a lot of the background, wants to know where you came up with your ideas, uh, a little bit more on the skeptical side. And then mm-hmm. that influence, like you have, it's kind of a, a you just kind of wing it. Yeah. Uh, you go with that gut instinct. And that's a classic, uh, it can be a classic conflict because people who like facts aren't really that comfortable with people who are saying, well, I just, I, it's my intuition. I just <laughs> feel that way. <laughs> and right. And have seen kind of facts and feelings. <laughs> And right. that can and make can people just, a little you know. bit, yeah, challenging. So yeah. if you're dealing with, so if you're an I like you are and you're dealing with somebody who's a C, what are some of the things that you take into consideration then? Well, you know, when I'm going to talk to a C, then I'm just very careful and uh, in that I am going to give them facts and figures. I'm going to be well prepared. This is really important. Um, I'm going to be prepared for skepticism and not be offended by it. Because sometimes, as an I, when someone is skeptical, I can feel like they popped my balloon a little bit. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. it can make me feel deflated. And so I am just prepared for skepticism. And um, not that I'm you know, wanting to argue or anything, but just I just want to make sure that I can give them as much information as they need so that they can see whether or not it's the right decision for them. I answer all of their questions. I have to go relatively slow with them because I'm a pretty fast talker, and um, that, you know, their their heads will spin. And the reason why isn't because they're slow. It's because they listen very thoroughly they listen to everything you say, and they need to process it, and they're also very interested in what you say because, mm-hmm. you know, while they're skeptical, they also want the information, and they believe that you have it, so they want you to give it to them, you know, so they listen, and you've got to just take it a little bit slower. you got to give them time to think and to analyze, and um, it's important that I would have takeaways for them, things that they can take because they want takeaways. I probably would not try to close them on the first appointment, where with some of the other styles mm-hmm. you can close them the first appointment. But sometimes they close themselves, you know, on a sale. Um, so yep. if they go that route, that's awesome. But I would not push them because I really feel like with C's, you cannot push them. If you do, you're going to lose the deal. So you just have to right. really, you know, take it slow. And then um, you have to be clear with a clear follow-up plan. So, for instance, if I was not able to get the deal done with a C on that first appointment, then what I would do is I would have a clear plan for when I was going to follow up with them. You know, I would say, okay, I'm going to call you at 9.30 on Tuesday, and I'm going to have this information for you. You know, and then at that point, we'll, I would say something like, and then we're going to be ready to take the next steps. So they would have time to process, and they would expect yeah. that on that call I'm going to close them. And, you know, and either they're ready or they're either they want to do it or they don't, you know. So that would be my take on a C. How about you? Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. And I like one of the things that you mentioned. I like a lot of the things that you mentioned. But one of the things you mentioned was not taking it personally. Because Mm -hmm. this, and I think that's really the big thing about DISC. When you start to understand this and you understand the different personality styles, we don't have to take things personally. We just appreciate people for what they are and what they're bringing to the table and their own 
communication preferences. Uh, but that sees can make people take things personally. Sometimes, or we might that might be our, our reaction because they ask a lot of questions. But that's not because they're questioning you. It's because they just need the information to process, and that's another good word for it because it's exactly what they're doing, is that they're processing the information. And it's key, and you hit on this as well, not to push people. Don't push somebody who is asking a lot of questions. They'll let you know when they're ready. Mm-hmm. And if you push and try to get them to answer quicker than they want to, then they're going to become defensive, and they're not going to want to do business with you. That's right. You know, it's funny because my husband is a C, which is kind of funny. So mm-hmm. um, so one of the things that, uh, you know, and, and I just really feel like, you know, the biggest gift you can give to someone is to talk to them in their language. I just think that is really awesome to do. And But it's hard sometimes because um, I will ask him a question and he, I might think he didn't hear me because, it's like silent, you know, for a little bit, and and then like, do I can yeah. what do I got to ask it again, or what's going on? But then it turns out, it seriously, it could be thirty seconds, and then he'll come back to me with a really thoughtful answer, you know, because he was really yeah. thinking about it. But so I've learned, you know, that I have to just kind of bite my tongue and just wait for the answer. But here's another funny thing that that, and I don't know if it's just him or if it's with all C's, but I think it probably is kind of a C thing. Once he makes up his mind, that's it. So I yeah. don't push him because, you know, I want the the whatever the decision is that we're trying to make. Well, I want it to be my way, but, but right. <laughs> but you know, but I don't push him because if I push him to make a decision and he's forced to, he will make a decision and then that's it. He will not change his mind. And so, okay. um, and that's kind of a C thing too. And so that's what happens if you push. They say no, and then you're done. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, my husband tends to have C tendencies as well, which is really funny. And he's he's a D, but he's on the C, really close to the C. And for people who are in what we're talking about, what whatever your 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 kind of main style is, you we've all got different degrees of all of the styles within us. So you might be a D with I tendencies because it's right next to it. So you might be a D with uh, that high I. Um, more kind of outgoing, more sociable, or you could be a D with more C tendencies, and that's what my husband is as well. And same thing, he asks a lot of questions, and it used to like kind of throw me off. I was like, "Why is he asking me all these questions? I don't, I don't know." And it would make me feel like I would get defensive because I felt like he didn't, you know, I don't know. I thought he was being resistant, or yeah. Mm-hmm. didn't want to do whatever it was that we were talking about or whatever. And it took me a while, and finally I realized that, no, he just needs the information. He needs to process things. So mm-hmm. give them the information that they need. Don't push, and then let them have time to process it. And that's, you know, that's fine. And mm-hmm. if you are, this is exactly, these are good examples because this is exactly what we're talking about. And it really doesn't matter if you're talking about a spouse or if you're talking about a sales prospect. <laughs> it's all the right, same. Because right. <laughs> exactly. people are people. Well, sure. And for me, the easiest way to kind of learn about the styles is to associate them with people that I know because then yeah. I can be more, okay, I can understand, you know, more about it. It's just easier when I come across another one to think, okay, they think like, you know, somebody else I know. So a little, you know, yeah, nobody's exactly the same, but, you know, it's just it's just um, helpful information. So Yeah, 
yeah, it 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 really is. Um, so that's some really good background. I think hopefully that helped the listeners see or understand a little bit more about these different styles and kind of where they're coming from. And I think if you think about it, and if you think about somebody that you actually know that maybe maybe you're working with right now and you're not really sure where they're at or someone maybe you've had trouble communicating with, or even someone you've communicated with really well. It could be because they share your communication preferences. But you can start to get a feel for where they're at and a feel for where you're at. And once you recognize their buying style, their communication style, then you can understand what drives them, what what their priorities are, and then communicate and adapt to them in that an appropriate way. Um so I want to see, maybe we should kind of kind of go through some examples of what it might look like for each of the different styles. What might that look like? So maybe somebody who's a D, what might you notice or what should we be looking for if you are trying to determine whether or not someone's a D or not, other than what we've kind of talked about, are they fast-paced or, um, you know, task-oriented? What else comes to mind okay. for you? Well, so for me, if I'm looking at a, if I'm trying to determine if someone's a D, sometimes, um, well, first of all, they're they're extroverted and and they yeah. are outgoing, but they don't have a lot of patience for small talk. So where I think sometimes you know the two extroverted styles, you've got the 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 D and then the I. The difference between the extroversion, in my opinion, is the D is going to tell you what they know. They're going to talk to you. They're going to try to tell you things, you know, and maybe try to take control of the situation. And where the I has a different way of talking to you, which we'll get into. Um, they talk fast. Uh, they um, probably could be using their hands. They like to stand up kind of tall, you know. They, they're like they're rising up to the challenge sometimes. That's kind of how I see them. Um, yep. They might reach out to shake your hand first, you know, because they're in charge, large and in charge. Yes. Um, they use pretty open body language. They kind of see the big picture. That's another thing. Um, sometimes they can be kind of blunt. Um, what else? They're super competitive. They kind of get straight to the point. They're pretty quick um, thinkers, I think. You know, they come back pretty quick. And I think one of the things, I think sometimes people think that these are not very nice. I mean, this is sometimes what you'll hear when people are talking about personality styles, and it's not really true. They're they're friendly, but they're just not really driven by kind of socializing. They're more driven by their motivations more like, you know, to win or to, you know, Stand up to the challenge. What do you think? You're a D. What's what's your thoughts on all those things I said? Well, I think you were right on. <laughs> I think you were right on. Uh, Ds do get a bad rap for being. Uh, well, there's some some words that come to mind for Ds. The negative words are aloof. That's one word that I know I, that has certainly come up. Um, I've been accused of that in the past of being aloof, a little mm-hmm. standoffish, blunt, direct, um, and the more highly charged. Uh, or emotional situation is the more those come out mm-hmm. and those types of traits can come out so i have learned to really adapt um try to adapt or try to tone it down just because i know that can come off as kind of a turn off for other people um but one of the things you said is that you know they see the big picture and i think that's an important thing to pay attention to they don't these don't like to get caught up in the details these do not right. like details these are very high level 
very much looking at that 30,000 foot. And oftentimes with a D, because they're looking at the high level, they're like thinking, they're like 20 miles ahead of everyone else. And and I don't say that to say Ds are so much smarter than everyone else. That isn't it. They're just looking ahead. Mm -hmm. So while everyone else is still looking at what's going on right now, what's right in front of them, a D will oftentimes be just thinking out into the future. And that can create a little bit of a disconnect because it can give the impression that a D is not interested. They are, Mm -hmm. but they start to think, oh, how does this connect with what I want to do down the road? Or how does mm-hmm. this connect with that other thing? And that can sort of sometimes create that disconnect. So if you're dealing with somebody who's a D, don't get thrown if they seem, if it seems like you've lost them, don't get thrown. They're probably just thinking about how whatever it is, your solution or whatever could apply to something else. Um, if they are very short with you, don't be turned off by that either because mm-hmm they'll let you know you're going to get a clear answer, either yes or no. But if they're just short, it could, again, be because they're thinking of something else. Um, and and Ds don't mind if you're direct with them as well. Now, that can be a stretch for somebody who's not direct, but if you they respond well to somebody who's direct and blunt and right gets to the, gets to the point. So you don't really have to be too worried about getting firm with a D. In fact, a lot of times Ds appreciate that. They want somebody they don't want, they don't like the wishy-washy. It's like, let's be decisive. Decisive is another good word to describe the D style because they know what they want. Right. And they probably made up their mind before, sometime, they made up their mind before you even talk to them. Right, because they know what they want, and if you can offer the solution that they're looking for, then why look any further? Because their yep. bottom line, they're they're they don't want to waste their time. So if you've got it, if you're efficient and business like, get to the point. You set and you clarify the goals and you and the objectives. You know, you can close them right away. And you know, if you can yeah. solve their problem, then they decide fast. And you know, if you can do it. Um, then they then they will go with you. One thing about D's, I would say, you can tell me if you think this is true, but you got to talk in terms of results and not the methods on how you're going to get there. They don't care about that. They care about right. what are the results you're going to get. And yep. um, if you start to talk about how you're going to do it, then they're going to get all fidgety and you might lose them. They might say, well, okay, well, I'll get back to you, you know. Right. Um, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No. That's what. That's what. I don't. Don't care about the results, or don't care about the methods. Sorry. I do care about the results. And mm-hmm. you know, for me now, it's kind of interesting because there have been several, several instances where I have made up my mind to do business with somebody before. I mean, I really won't even pick up the call. I won't even pick up the phone and call somebody unless I. I I don't do I don't shop around if you know what I mean. It's like okay. if I pick some up the phone to call somebody, I've already committed. I already know that I'm willing and ready to do business with that person. But mm-hmm. people have lost the sale from me because they either tried to sell me something else, something that I didn't want or you know just weren't decisive then or they never even made the offer or whatever. Sometimes mm-hmm. um I remember one time I was going to do something with a a video. This was a few years ago. I was going to do something with a video, and I was talking to the person. I wasn't sure just then. So I'm not always for sure. And they had called me. I didn't call them. They had called me. And I was interested enough to listen, but I was only at about 70%. 
about whether or not this was something I wanted to do or not. And the person was supposed to follow up with me. And during the time I made my decision, I would do it if they followed up. I didn't want I I didn't have enough motivation to like call them back to do it, if you know what I mean. I was like willing to do it if they called me back. And they never yeah. called me back and they lost out on a big sale because oh, no. they didn't follow up. Oh, you know, no. you know, again it was one of those things I was you, you know, so sometimes we need to think things through a little bit. It kind of depends if our, if the D is initiating it or if they're you initiate it and they're willing to listen to you. Um, mm-hmm. So do it, make sure, you know, the follow-up, and I think that goes with, with, with every style. So oh, um, yeah. they want, here's just some things that drive the mo- to motivate the D customers, and we'll stop talking about the Ds. <laughs> the Ds always get all the attention for one thing I have to say because well you hit on a couple of things <laughs> these do tend to be controlling <laughs> these do tend to like to monopolize and take over and not always sometimes they'll sit back but when you know step up when a leader when somebody needs to lead you can always count on the D to stand up and um, at least take control so just a couple other things though, about what drives D customers are as you said those bottom line results they also expect competency is really important competency yep. from the salesperson. The sales that it's important to everybody, but with D, it's especially important because D's see themselves as very confident. Um, so it's that kind of a can-do. If I don't have the answer, I'll get the answer. You know that sort of a thing, and then that quick action and forward motion. So those are some things to keep in That's mind. That's good. All right, let's let's talk well, about wait a second. you. Before we move on, oh. one thing we do have a caller with a question. So oh, great. I'm going to – let me just uh, – we'll just get him on the line real quick and see how we can help, okay? Okay. Sounds awesome. You are on the air with the Focus Radio. How can we help you? Yes. I don't know. I might be beyond help at this point, but I'm <laughs> just listening to, to the conversation. I was just curious that with um, the mode of sale that you're talking about or closing, would you say that that varies drastically by industry in terms of specifically what you're selling, I didn't catch the beginning of the program mm-hmm. to understand the definition, the true definition of the D that you are referring to. Oh, you know, that is such a good question. You're right. There are so many different types of sales, and some of them have so much of a longer period of time and incubation period. Thanks for pointing that out. And um, But I think that, that the kind of the overarching theme that we're talking about applies, but sometimes you're right. It takes uh, takes much more time to go through the whole sales process. Well, we, fr- we formed our own company about eight years ago, and we, um, we've been doing, I would say, marginally good. Um, but we do, on occasion, lose um, some opportunities that, for a variety of reasons, when we look back at what we didn't do correctly, a lot of it was I guess comes under the category of overkill. Um mm-hmm. we 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 sell computer solutions and mm-hmm. in situations like that the person that the young lady was referring to that can sometimes be a loop or be the person that is the the primary contact, that is in most cases the person that the stakeholder or the per, the, the top person is relying on to make a business slash technical decision. And these people's time is very, very, it is it, very, very finite. If you get half an hour with one of these people, um, that is going to let you come in and very briefly and inclusively 
present to them how you would approach their problem or their requirement, sometimes we overkill it, overkill it from the standpoint that we brought one of our technicians um, to one of these meetings. And when he got finished talking, one of the customer's guys said, well, if if we let him do that, you don't need us or something. I can't remember exactly oh, the way he sure. put it. Yeah, I, can't, I, I can really can't imagine. remember the way that he put it, but the, but see, you know, I, I guess I might be contaminated at this point because I came from like the old school Ross Perot IBM marketing style where we were all senior technicians. Mm-hmm. We knew the pro- the technology, and one day somebody walked in the door and said, "You guys are now going to go out and start meeting the customer." And I was like, "What?" You know, so we all had to get suits. You know, and we went out with, you know, pretty little ladies who, you know, identified the preliminary, this is IBM and this is what we do. But we would sit in the back of the room and if a tactical question came up, you know, that, that that was the job. And so after a while we gravitated, I guess you could say, into marketing and sales ourselves. Um, so now when we meet somebody like what the lady was talking about, like a D, normally when we go in to see a person like that, we know pretty much everything there is to know. And I don't mean that as a backhanded compliment, but mm-hmm. those people's time is very, very critical. So we know maybe everything short of their grandmother's shoe size in terms of personality, are they a mm-hmm. football right. guy. We mm-hmm. never bring that stuff up unless they mm-hmm. do. But sometimes in an effort to get a sale, you can – you, you you can teach the customer how they don't need you. I, I'm not exactly right. sure how to yeah, articulate exactly. it, yeah. but what's it's a problem. Name, what's, what's your name, Harold. Harold? Harold, okay. Well, Harold, we so appreciate your call, and you have pointed out a couple really important things that we need to, to, to cover as well, which is that you have to be able to adapt your um, sales pitch or your sales presentation based on the person that you're talking to. And then also something that's so important is that research that you do beforehand. And um, so that is awesome. We would love to keep you on the phone longer, but we've got to get through the next three styles. I mean, we, but we do really appreciate your Don't input. Proceed. And, proceed. Yeah, we want to thank you so much, Carol, for joining us. Yeah. So I want to mention something. I want to tap into something that Harold said. So he mentioned, and he's right. Uh, oftentimes you have such a short window of time when you're meeting a uh, when you're selling B two B and you're going into uh, someone's office and getting that time with them. So something to be very very cautious of with your own style is do not monopolize the conversation. If you only have thirty minutes, don't end up sit there and ramble on for 20 minutes. And we've all seen this happen, I think. And we've mm-hmm. been on the receiving end of that. So be careful because if, you're more, if you are more of that relational type, even if you're more of the detail type, even with that C, that analytical, Cs just start talking sometimes and they share their information. And it's great, but you have to really be cautious so that you don't monopolize it. So that was a great point. I'm really glad that he brought that up. And then also, if you're there for business and you're more relational, and they want to talk about football or grandma's shoes or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever the the different mm-hmm. topics are, don't spend 20 minutes just talking, you know, getting caught up in that. Because if you share that style, yeah, you're going to start talking and you're going to start talking hobbies and all that kind of stuff. 
which is good, but don't forget why you're there in the first place and, and using that to steer the conversation. Although, if your sales prospect is an S and you never got to business and all you did was talk personal, you might get the business just because of that. So it does That's kind of true. depend on who it is that you're meeting with. So, and we can get into get into S's yeah. when we get, but but I I can see okay. that you know if you try to steer it away sometimes from the personal, that can bother them too. So it's it's funny how that all works. Yeah, that's all a good right. point too. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about the eyes. And so this here, what we're talking about is influence. And in case anybody else missed what the D is, it, it the D stands for dominance in the DISC profile, but it also can stand for other words. Are direct is another word that's oftentimes used when we're talking about D. It's uh, uh, direct dominance. Do you know of any other? Yep. Uh, um, well, I got a whole list of them, but yeah, they're um, okay. They can be driving. That's kind of another Driver, word. Driver, drivers. Right? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's talk about the eyes. Eyes are awesome. Eyes are fast-paced. They're relational. <laughs> they are woohooers. They are. <laughs> they're the cheerleaders. They're the party starters. They're like, oh, they're the ones who want to take you out for dinner on the big sales calls and you know bring yeah. the whole team along and do a golf outing or kind of you know stuff like that. Kind of big kind of stuff. So. The eyes really value that relation. They are, uh, they love to um, exchange ideas. I would say they're very, you know, friendly. They need to have that personal relationship, or they value that. That's really important. Um, from that, their feelings are more prevalent with the I than they are with the D that we just talked about. Um, again, that very social. They want quick action as well. They want immediate impact because, you know, they just love their ideas and they want to get them out there and then move on to the next thing. Uh, what else would you add? Well, okay, so one way to tell the difference between a D and an I within a few seconds or within a, few, within a minute or two of meeting them is that an I is going to tell you about what happened to them on the way to see you. Okay, yes. so they're going to tell you stories, and they're going to use language, and they're going to say, oh, my gosh, I was driving over here, and so-and-so pulled out in front of me, or whatever. You know, you're going to get a story, right, when you meet with them, especially if you're talking to an I that's a woman. Okay, if you're talking to an I that's a guy, they're going to be jovial. They're going to tell jokes. They're going to be a little more friendly and funny. That's one of the things that they're like. They like the spotlight, and they like to get the attention from the people around them. Where a D and an I, they can be kind of similar at first, but then when you start to look for these kind of things like the language and the stories and the kind of telling you about, you know, the details, that's going to be a big difference. Um, they use a lot of personal detail. They're very enthusiastic and very optimistic. That's a couple other things, I think. And yeah. um, one of the things about eyes is that they don't want to be ignored. They want to be recognized. They don't want right. to be invisible. That's a big thing to them. Um, they want to be, if if you've got an eye on your team, let's say, that, that works for you, they want to be recognized, not necessarily by, by you know, winning the trophy, but they want to win the prize. You know, that's kind of their thing. You know, it's like um, they want to be recognized in a certain sales level or, you know, or lavished with little trinkets or I don't know. That's kind of how eyes so are. You're what right. Do you think? Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. Well, trophies, it's team type of recognition because, yeah, that's another thing to look at, too, when we're talking about recognizing people. How do they want to be recognized? And eyes definitely, let's, you know, in the spotlight at the front of the room at the sales meeting, I would like my recognition. <laughs> exactly. I want everyone to know 
<laughs> and so, I hard. <laughs> yeah, and so that's how you might spot somebody who has this eye. So if you are going into someone's office, again, you're going in their office to meet them, what are you going to look for? You're going to probably see things in their office that would give you an indication that that's their style, which could be things like trophies. It could be ribbons. It could be certificates. It could be lots of pictures. It could be a lot of personal things like that. Just, Mm -hmm. and a lot, right? Just a lot of stuff. Yeah. In somebody's, Mm -hmm. in somebody's office and kind of fun stuff you would look at. Mm -hmm. How, what, in what ways can you turn off an eye? Well, I think um, they don't like, uh, this is just speaking from, from what I think, we don't really like negativity or um, we don't like ideas to be shot down. It's okay to have a different idea or not agree. That's fine. But just don't tell me mine's bad, you know. But yeah. if you've got something yeah. else you want to say, awesome, I want to hear it. Oh, that's great too. Let's do that one too, you know. I mean, but if yeah. you say, oh, no, that one isn't any good, well, then that can hurt their feelings. So if you're in a sales pitch, you would never want to tell them that they're wrong. You would want right. to um, right. Kind of just, you know, build on the things that they say, yes, and we could do this. Yes, and we could do this, you know, that type of thing. Um, there, it's important that they experience what you're trying to communicate. They don't like a lot of um, details either, but they do like... Um, they do like that experiential. So let's say that you're um, going to bring somebody into your office, an eye that you're trying to sell something. You would want them to kind of be able to walk through your office and just kind of see your team. That would be important to them, you know, to say, yeah. look, at this is where we work, and this is who works here. And, you know, they would feel, like, really good and connected then. Um, you got to leave time for them to talk and tell you stories, and it's yep. it's hard. And you have to be prepared to talk about your stories too, but not too much. You don't want to. You don't want to one up them, but you do want right. to. You do want to have some exchange, you know. And then they like to hear about why, not how. So instead of results like a D, they want to know why we're going to do this. You know, so right. it's a little, little different. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think you're spot on. And then the only thing I would say, so with with an eye, when you're getting close to closing that deal, make sure, again, steering that conversation a little bit and making sure that there's kind of specific action items because mm-hmm. eyes are notorious for, let's just, you know, we throw so many ideas. And I lean heavily towards the eye, so I can, in certain situations, I can really get into this as well. And I know that sometimes when you're talking with another person who's a big thinker and has ideas, I mean, you can talk and come up with a million ideas in a short mm-hmm. period of time. And then you leave and nobody knows, you know, there's no action items. So be cautious mm-hmm. if you know that you're dealing with an eye. Make sure that you are kind of narrowing down or um, clarifying those action items. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. totally agree. Hello, we do a radio show together. I <laughs> we have our little brainstorm sessions all the time with listen, listen, yes. listen. But it's so yeah, funny. And then we're like, and then we're like, and then that's where you and I can get into trouble. Then it's like, oh yeah, who was going to do that? Or <laughs> did we? Yeah, it's just fun to talk funny. about it. Well, so be, okay. be cautious so with that. Thing, when, yeah, when you think about closing an eye, you want to close at the high point of your of your um, presentation too. That's the other thing. If you let it settle down too much, then they think, yeah. oh, let me think about it. You know. But if it's at the high point, it's like, yep. all right. So I can't wait to get started. When we get started, we're going to do this. They'll say, sign me up. That's kind of how it works, you know. So you just need yep. to be. It's got to be optimistic and kind of 
you know, a little yeah. a little at the high point. Yeah. Yep, and that's okay. energetic. Energetic. Okay, let's talk about S's. S's are yeah. nice. S's are nice. They're accepting and warm. They are agreeable. They might be a little bit softer spoken. They might be a little bit more reluctant to speak up. They're reluctant to kind of jump in, and they're not going to interrupt. Where your D's and C, your your D's and I's are going to be interrupting all the time, mm-hmm. potentially. S's are not going to do that. They're much more polite, and <laughs> they do like um, they do like process. S's do like process. So an S would like to know, well, how does this work, or what are the steps? They kind of like methods, something to follow. It gives some structure, if you will. Um, may not want to commit too quickly. They may be a little bit change avoidant, not mm-hmm. a little change resistant. Mm-hmm. So they may have you may have to really explain why it would be in their best interest or what would really benefit them to um, to to change and to start to do something different. So a little bit more cautious. Um, they are very accommodating, and they are very uh, modest. And so a couple of cautions there with that, accommodating, they may seem very agreeable when you're talking, but then you may find out that they didn't really agree. Yep. So that yep. could be somebody who maybe has second thoughts or something. What else would you add about our S's? Well, yeah, and that's that's why you don't want to push them because they're the ones that will cancel on you. You know, if you push them into a sale, yeah. then yeah. they'll cancel, you know, right away. I think one of, the thing, one of the ways to really recognize an S right away is they will turn the conversation around to you constantly. So you start to talk with them. You ask them a question. How, you know, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? They always will turn it around. Well, what do you think? Um, well, you know, well, tell me about your kids, you know, and it'll give you a little bit shorter answers, and then they'll turn it around. They don't like to share a lot of personal details until mm-hmm. they really trust mm-hmm. you. So I would say they are the classic Minnesota nice kind of people, you know. It's kind of mm-hmm. a sort of a little, like you could in a bad, you know, an S in a bad way might could actually be passive-aggressive a little bit, you know. But, I mean, it's just they they um, they are very, very sweet and nice and, like you said, accommodating but they are a little bit more cautious, and they also are a little bit skeptical, too. Yeah. Um, they are big volunteers. I think that's another thing. If you if you notice that somebody's really into volunteering or helping, though, that's a that's a big sign of an S. They're very sincere. Um, they're polite and kind and um, calm. I would say. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. Yeah, good listeners, and they go, like to go along. They like to be, you know, because they have that relational side to them they like to be with people but they may not be the initiators of a social event but they want to be included in the social event something that's really important for s's is trust so if you identify that you're working with somebody who's an s or you want to do some work with somebody who's an s you're going to have to build that trust and that means every single thing you do you need to have integrity it means following through if you are going to call or if you're going to send something if you're going to follow up let me send you something make sure that it's there call when you say you're going to call, show up when you say you're going to show up. That is really important. And once you build that trust, and you can see that's a little bit different than with the I, which is all about really making that connection, that rapport, almost Mm -hmm. friends, eyes like that, like to surround themselves with friends. Whereas it's not so much about being friends as it is about just they want to trust you. They need to feel that. That's a priority. And so dependability is really important because if they make a decision and decide to purchase what you're selling, that is going to be important, that the dependability is there, that it works the way it's supposed to work, 
that it does right. what it's supposed to do. Right. I think that's a big thing. What you're what you're saying is is uh, the part about they want process kind of like you said or a method and it's more because they're looking for that stability that yes. that it's really going to work i think that's kind of the deal rather than being analytical about it that's not what they're looking for they're more looking for you know, trust that okay this is going to work the way you said it would right yeah well stability is a perfect word it's a great mm-hmm. description for us they want the stability they again just like everything to kind of um stay even keeled if you will where an i Again, they thrive on chaos. <laughs> mm-hmm. Eyes don't like things too stable. There always has to be some excitement going on. The as or the S is like, whoa, you know, I'm good with status quo, status quo, and mm-hmm. that's where you'll have to really kind of help them see why a change would be really needed. All right, let's mm-hmm. get into the C before we run out of time. We don't want to leave our C's out of the bunch. So C's, what do you say about a C? Okay. Well, a C, we did kind of nicely, we did talk about them uh, ahead yep. of time, but but one of the ways that you might be able to quickly recognize a C is that they're going to ask you direct and pointed questions, and sometimes they're going to be a little bit awkward. So, you know, they, they ask, they'll ask you a question about how something works that might not have anything to do with what the appointment is about. You know, so like if they're in your space, uh, they well, first of all, if they're in your space, they're going to scan the space because that's how they are. They kind of take everything in, and then they'll ask you about things. And they and they sometimes like to kind of touch things. That's one thing about C's as well, because um, they're detail oriented and they like to kind of look at things. Um, hmm. They'll talk a little more slower and a little more thoughtfully, but they're not shy usually. They're just um, they're just kind of thinking and processing, like we talked about. Um, yeah. Sometimes I I have mistaken C's for S's and D's because they are, you know, they can be kind of similar um, because they're polite and they're direct. But the big difference that I see in a C is that they really appreciate, like, quality and they appreciate information, kind of like if you have takeaways, they grab them, they want them, and um, they like to know how things work. So they'll they'll get a little bit more deeper in detail, and they'll want to know kind of the how you're going to do it kind of thing. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. And I think what's important to know when you are dealing with the C, and we did mention it before, but make sure that you've got your facts, and then you can back them up. You can cite your sources. That's mm-hmm. important as well. So don't mm-hmm. just be be cautious of that, uh, and especially this will go for again that D and the I, who are much more high level. You can't go into a meeting with a C and just be throwing out kind of half-baked information or information that you can't back up with resources or sources or research or things like that. But anything that's um, – they'll appreciate anything where you can put numbers to it. If you can put percentages, if you can put very factual information, that's really going to win your C over. They, too, want that dependability. They want that accountability. They want to make sure it works, right? Because mm-hmm. for Cs, what's really important is that they make a good decision. They really value being correct. That's a very yeah. important thing for a C, correctness mm-hmm. or be, being right, if you will. Right. And right. that is really important. Yeah. And if they make a decision and they go with you and then something goes wrong, they're going to feel like they made a bad decision, so it's really important that you know things like guarantees and warranties are going to go a long ways uh, with with them as well. High quality, very important. 
uh, and then also that competency. So you'll notice that there's overlaps with some of the different styles uh, as well, can, depending, on, depending on where the person lands. Uh, so don't overpromise whatever you do. Do not overpromise when you're trying to sell to a C. Mm-hmm. That's right. Make sure you're there yeah. and you're available to them, not just dumping them off to some, you know, an 800 number or customer service number. They're yeah, going to value perfect. that. Yeah. Yeah. That they can get to you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Well, I mean, we covered a ton here in a little less than an hour, and one of the things that we wanted to offer to you is if you're interested in finding out what your personality type is or or kind of where you fall in the spectrum because, you know, this is and I like to look at it more of a te- as a temperament kind of thing rather than a whole personality type, but but whatever. You know, if you want to kind of figure out where you fit in 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 this spectrum, um Liz has some more information about how you can do that. Yeah, so we're going to post, we'll put a link. I think we'll put it on our website and then also on our Facebook and page and stuff. But if you want to get the sales profile, the official DISC sales profile, we're going to put a link out there so you can purchase that profile. And when you, once you purchase it, it will tell you what your style is. It will share this information about how you can adapt better with other styles. But there's also a really cool function that comes with this, and it has, it's a customer interaction plan where you can actually, I believe we can run a report on a customer that not their name or anything personal like that, but you've identified a customer as an I, and we'll get you a personalized report on how you can interact better with them depending on what your style is. So um, we're going to have a link to that. And then also what Alyssa and I want to offer you is that if you do want to get that sales profile and find out exactly how you can build better customer relationships, either Alyssa or I will go through your report with you for free, no charge. So if you get the report, we'll offer that at no charge where we'll uh, we'll spend some time over the phone with you and we'll go through your report with you and help you understand where you are at and then understand, again, the buyer style so that you ha- are armed with all this information so you can go out and make those best the best connections that you possibly can. So that, again, will be out on our website and out on our Facebook page at The Focus Radio. And our website is thefocusradio.com. That's great. Awesome. Well, um, so we do want to invite you to go check out our website. um, And on the website, we've got a cool thing where you can um, opt in, and then we'll send you show notes of uh, our different shows. There will be a little synopsis that Liz puts together about um, each show, so you can kind of get an overview in case you're on the treadmill or driving in the car and not taking notes, and maybe some of this you found interesting. Um, But you can also go back and re-listen. We've got, you know, almost 70 shows in there now. Now, um, all different topics and really all catering to small business and sales and marketing and just to really help you kind of, you know, just hear, you know, from other people who are where you are or have been where you've been. And um, so we'd love to invite you to check that out. And then also uh, you can follow us on Twitter, The Focus Radio, or check out our Facebook page, The Focus Radio. So we appreciate you joining us today and um, hope you enjoyed all the information on DISC and we'll look forward to talking with you next week. And in the meantime, stay focused. You're listening to The Focus Radio Show on the EWN Radio Network.